Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five, season three of the Blue Butterfly Effect podcast. I am Millie Murillo, intuitive astrologer and spiritual coach. I am here with my co-host, Ashley, psycho-spiritual counselor and medium. We're here today to talk about a topic that I think is very dear to us, <laughs> very close yes. to our hearts, <laughs> that I have actually worked around this very specific topic with clients and it has made such a difference. And what that is, is introversion and being an introvert. What does it mean to be an introvert in the world that we live in? How do we experience being being an introvert in the world that we live in? And I think more importantly, how can we reclaim that? It's, mm. uh, it's an interesting way to be in the world that we live in. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Um, when we, I was in preparation for this podcast, I was reading the book Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking by Susan Cain. I didn't finish the book, I'll be honest, but I am still reading it because I think it's really fascinating and very validating um, for those of us that um, tend towards introversion. And I just wanted to share for a moment what happened during the Industrial Revolution and I feel like what kind of created this separation between people being extroverts and introverts. So prior to the Industrial Revolution, this culture, from what she's saying in her research, she did a lot of research to support these points. She talked about our culture being one of that valued character. And um, when things started to change, when people moved from agriculture and farming into more businesses, um, there was a man named Dale Carnegie. Probably familiar with his name. He ended up writing a really popular book, a bestseller called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm -hmm. But what he realized through his journey of not wanting to be poor and moving into business and promoting his business, and he learned to public speak, he realized the power of public speaking and that for your businesses, that the more you were talking, the more you were selling. So, this idea of if you were talking, 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 you were always selling. So, we needed to be talking to promote our businesses. Well, what came out of that, interestingly, during that time is our culture moved away from a culture of character and more to a culture of personality. We began to value like what people looked like, the ones that made you laugh, that were the ones talking at a party, all those extroverted characteristics. You know, there's a lot more. And we moved away from the quieter way of being, which to, I guess, these people that supported these ideas meant that you weren't selling business or you were going to fail at business. Um, one of the things that ended up happening is that around the 1950s, they found that you know children were being were beginning to start school earlier so that they could be socialized. That was one of the changes that happened. And one of the things they found in schools is that those children that were quieter or more introverted, those characteristics weren't really valued, and they worked hard to support them being more social. What they also found is when I was reading is that they began to pathologize shyness. And I found the other day, I'm, I'm a shy person. I mean, it's in my astrological chart. I'm shy. Mm -hmm. I think trauma makes me even more shy. But when I think of shyness, I think of I'm a little more hesitant when I enter a room or I meet a person. I feel like shyness is my body acclimating to another person's energy or to a situation. It's my hesitation. It's just me making sure this feels like a conversation I want to have or a connection I want to make or a space I want to be in or giving myself permission to take a little more time. To me, that's shyness to me. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know that the definition of shyness today would be the same as it was all those years ago. Like I said, I feel like it's been pathologized as a negative quality. But what we also found during this time, so they pathologized shyness. Children began socialized at earlier ages, so they were starting school at earlier ages. And in 1955, they created the first anti-anxiety drug, which I thought was fascinating for people who didn't feel like they fit in to this extroverted world. Because there was tension and anxiety created because people felt this pressure to step outside the norm or step outside their comfort zone, to be sellers, to be big business owners, because the world wasn't valuing those quieter personality traits. So I wanted to share that because I was thinking as I was reading this about anti-anxiety drug, I was thinking about the clients that I have in my therapy practice who have really suffered from anxiety and social anxiety feel like there's something wrong with them, feel like they're weird or they don't fit in because they're not normal in quotes because they can't just walk into a room and start a conversation. They're not the person that's, you know, sharing jokes or the storyteller that they tend to be the thinker or uh, the feeler. Mm-hmm. I know I'm throwing a lot of information at you, but I was curious, you know, what does this bring up for you when you think about that? Because I think it's fascinating to me. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It is just like this started this way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so much of there. There's so much of this world that just tries to condition us into something that most are not, and that Mm -hmm. is that kills the soul. So when you think Mm -hmm. about when you think about an introverted person who just tends to be quieter, more pensive. You know, to your point, we do walk into a room and, and we're just trying to find our place. We're trying to find safety mm-hmm. in an unknown space. And that can mm-hmm. come from many different things that we have no idea about. And for whoever decided that this is a wrong way to be or a weird way to be, for someone to say, oh, they need medication, what it brings up for me is that it pisses me off. Because that is something that I... I mean, I was never given like medication or anything like that. But throughout my life, especially as an adult, which is really interesting, as an adult more so than, than, than a child or, you know, as a teenager, I've gotten, why are you so quiet? You need to smile more. I've gotten the resting oh. bitch face. I've gotten the ice queen, all kinds of shit that just, I'm like, you have no idea who I am. No idea. And all that does is just make me want to talk to you less. And so <laughs> it's, a, it's a really interesting experience to be an introvert in a world that has this expectation that you should please them by speaking more or doing more as if you're, I don't know, (laughs) this is where I get a little defensive, but it's like, I'm not, I'm not a clown. I'm not going to perform for you. And, and that is a very much a personal experience. That's, that's what I have felt at times in my life when I've gotten that feedback from people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, well, it's just, it's, it's so rude. First of all, I remember walking around New York city and people would be like, smile, you know, and you're just like, oh, leave me alone. Right. But I think, you know, when I said it was fascinating, I think what was really under my fascination was I was pissed off too. But it also was so validating. It was like, look, see, this came from somewhere and look what it caused. And yes, it's caused some really beautiful things in a lot of ways. You know, there's a part of our culture that is beautifully extroverted, but it doesn't hold the duality. It doesn't hold those of us that are more introverted in a very positive light. And what it 
ends up happening is the world teaches us to accommodate others over ourselves, Mm -hmm. like you were saying. Mm -hmm. And I think about kids. I remember when I was a kid, I hated when people would say, kiss so-and-so or give them a Mm -hmm. hug. And I would just be like, no, I don't want to be touched by this person. Mm -hmm. And when I had children, one of the things I've worked really hard to do is not force them to greet an adult a certain way. And it's shocking because a lot of people disagree. Mm -hmm. I have a very extroverted child and a very introverted child. And I recently brought my introverted child somewhere and I was watching him and he is shy. And I could feel the person he was talking to. I could feel this tension between wanting to honor his shyness, but also like, I'm a good mom. I've taught him manners. You know, he knows how to look people in the eye. And then I was like, shut all that down, shut all that down, shut all that down. Right. <laughs> you know, it's you are taught as a mom. If your child doesn't do those things, then there's something wrong with you that you haven't socialized your child mm-hmm. or you haven't taught them manners. And there's something wrong with your child, which I'm sorry, is utter bullshit. Mm-hmm. Because my shy child in front of people he's very comfortable with is an excellent communicator, makes eye contact, but he has to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And why do we have to accommodate other people's egos? Right. Uh, that's really pisses me off. <laughs> it's one of those things where, again, in my experience, and my brother is also, my brother's a lot more shy than I am. I don't think that I'm a shy person, but I, I'm very introverted. I'm, I'm very quiet. And, 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 and I don't know how you feel about this, but do you feel that there is a difference between being shy and introverted? Or do you think that they're one in the same? Because I've always felt there's a slight difference. No, I think they're different yeah. qualities. There yeah. is. I'm introverted and I'm shy. Like it's very mm-hmm. hard for me to be in a space where the, the focus is on me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be asked a lot of questions yeah. until I'm ready to be in that space. Yeah. Now, when I'm in a space, I overcome that shyness. You know, if I'm used to the place that I'm not as shy, you know, I teach classes and I do all sorts of things. But I, I think that I wanted to bring up the shyness because I feel like it's a pathologized quality of introversion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I do think they are different because I would say you're right. You're I don't experience you as shy. Yeah. But I experience you as introverted. Right. Right. And well, thank you for that clarification, because I, I, I feel that, too. And so what I was saying was my brother, for instance, he is both introverted and very shy. That was such a thing growing mm-hmm. up that <laughs> I remember there. There were times in elementary school where my mom would get called because I would get into fights with kids who were picking on my brother because he was just so shy and quiet. And it was like, leave him alone. Um, You know, leave him alone. He's just the shy, quiet kid. And so my point with that is, is that there's also something about someone who, who is both shy and introverted that where people feel like they can somehow walk all over those people and that there is something wrong with them and that they are weird. And it's just, there's no compassion or respect in that space. It's, it's mind blowing. Oh, I just remembered since you're talking about shy, I remember that I read somewhere that it said that people who are shy at the root of their shyness is shame. Mm-hmm. Now I walk with shame. Plenty. I got mm-hmm. lots of shame I'm traveling with, working through it. Mm-hmm. But I really don't believe that my that shame is at the root of all of my shyness. Mm-hmm. I think my shyness is that I get easily overwhelmed and I don't know what's coming and I just need to move a little bit slower than some people. Mm-hmm. I'm not like quick on my feet and, you know, in conversations and things like that. So I just wanted to say that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's one of the reasons it's become pathologized. And like your brother, you know, what if he was just that way? But people do, they don't like it. Mm-hmm. They don't mm-hmm. like it. No. 
you know, what has really, again, like I think most things in life, but what has really helped me just clearly see how some people are going to naturally be more vocal, extroverted, you know, more okay with being in the spotlight and and having attention is astrology. You can see, especially with the placement of the sun, because the sun has to do with our identity, our vitality, this ego, this presence, this body, where the, the sun and Mercury, Mercury being the planet of communication, the placement of those two planets is going to tell you so much about this person's personality, about how they show up in the world and how they relate to another. And I can see this immediately when I see someone's chart of, okay, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a little bit. It's going to take a little bit to build rapport and warm up, which is absolutely okay. You respect that. Whereas with someone else, they're absolutely like an open book. And it's like, they say all the things all at once, which is also very lovely. My point is, is that not one is better than the other. And I think you and I both know that, but it's really interesting how there is this expectation created by a patriarchal system by white men Mm. (laughs) that think that they need to dictate what makes a person successful and not. And in my experience, my brother is still very shy, still very introverted, and he's very successful. He's had a very successful career for his young age. The clients that I worked with, who we've worked with in reclaiming their introvertedness and really going underneath the labels and the judgment. It's like, well, who said that? Who said that? They're reclaiming a part of themselves that for a long time they thought was the thing that was wrong with them. Living that way, Mm -hmm. you can never understand who you really are. Right. And I think embracing those qualities that are natural to us. I mean, it doesn't mean we don't change. I've become much more outwardly communicative. I've grown so much over the past year or two, but I'm still a shy, introverted person. Mm -hmm. And I think when we just honor those qualities, then we're more peaceful. I've embraced it so that my friends know. Mm -hmm. Someone asked us to go to some event. I wasn't there, but Lair told them, my husband said, well, I know she's got something that Thursday and something that Saturday. So I doubt she's going to want to show up Friday because she's going to have, that's going to be too many people yep. and she's going to need quiet. And I so appreciated that. He wasn't apologizing for me. He wasn't apologizing right. for either of us. And mm-hmm. I really felt seen in that moment. And mm-hmm. knowing myself means I'm not putting myself in situations where I'm like suffering through, right. you know, I can only take so much contact, you know, and my whole job is about contact. And so on the weekends, you know, I feel one thing that introversion, when you do the kind of work we do, I do feel like sometimes I'm not the greatest friend because by the weekend, I just, you know, I've said before, I don't have a lot to say. Yeah. I just kind of want to be quiet. I'm not really like, Ooh, I can't wait to see everybody. I mean, right. I love seeing my friends, but it's not the first thing, you know, in my mind, the first thing in my mind is, Let's go quiet. Let's go in nature. Let's do something restorative. Mm -hmm. But embracing that part of me means that I can show up with more energy when it's time and when it's appropriate. Oh my God. Yes. It's so important. That's why it's so important to reclaim that part of us in a world that tells us that that makes us weird or, you know, whatever. It's like, all right, well, I will be weird. That's fine. I think one of the things I've learned is that, and I was sharing this with you earlier, it's like, oh, okay, I can be around people. I can work with people. I can collaborate with people. It's just that I can't do it in the way that others do because it's just not me. Like I really need to feel comfortable and safe and I need to get to know someone. 
before I just jump on something with them. And so, for instance, my partner, he's a musician. And so when we first started dating, it was like we were going to shows, events, almost every single weekend. That Mm. was a lot for me because it wasn't... It's not that I didn't go out before. I actually would go out a lot. But there's something about not having not having to talk to everyone we meet, right? So he would take me on to these events and it was his community. So he knew tons of people. So it was like, oh, this is my girlfriend. This is my girlfriend. And I would have to, oh, hi, hi, hi. It was like just so depleting. Whereas before when I would go out with my friends, I would just kind of go along for the ride. And I knew that I, I had a wing woman who loved to talk, who was a lot more extroverted. Great. She's doing all of that. I get to sit back and hang out and then just talk when I feel like it and feel comfortable. So one of the things that I learned to do is one, I don't have to go to all of the events with him. I can't. I possibly cannot. I'm drained. And two, if I do go to an event, I started giving myself the permission to just walk away when I need to and go find some alone space, some alone time to catch my breath. I remember thinking like, what are people going to think? They're going to think I'm rude. They're going to... And then I'm like, well, do I really care? (laughs) It's like, no, I don't. Because... I was the only one who really understood how drained I felt afterwards and everything that it took to just recuperate from that. And I think that if you are someone who does, who you consider yourself an introvert, you have to give yourself the permission to do these things for yourself that because of societal expectations are going to be judged or labeled as something. And that's okay. It really is okay. And I really wish that we could just give everyone a break Mm -hmm. and assume they're doing their best in a lot of situations and not label it as bitchy or antisocial. I I know I've been seen as antisocial before just because I don't run in big groups of people, Mm -hmm. um, especially with people I'm not super close with. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think something to remember about introverts is that they're processing the world inside themselves, where an extrovert is often processing the world out loud. Mm-hmm. An introvert's processing the world inside themselves. And neither, like we said, is good or bad. And the thing is, you have extroverts that feel like they're too much and introverts that feel like they're not enough. I mean, my God, what if we were just like, okay, moving at our own rhythm? But mm-hmm. it's really a struggle to feel... I think we have to let go also. I know I have to let go of wanting to be understood. Being misunderstood is a sore spot for me. But I think I have to work hard at being misunderstood. Like if I can't go to the club, you know, <laughs> at midnight or go to a club at all, <laughs> I just can't do much. You know, but my day starts at five. My day starts at five. And the mm-hmm. moment I wake up, I'm going. I'm going. I'm with people. I'm connecting to my family. And nine o'clock hits. And I have lived a very full, what is that, 16 hour day? Mm-hmm. I got nothing left. Right. My husband does a, a Zoom call with our friends every week and they meet at 1030. I'm like, sorry. Oh my god. I love y'all, but 10:30? you cannot catch me at 1030. No. no. <laughs> I do not want to drink at 1030. I do not want to stay up and guffaw. I was the kid at the party. I was the kid sitting on the couch because I didn't drink or do drugs or anything in high school and, and college I did drink, but I was the one that by 10 o'clock, 1030 was just yeah. Unless I was really drunk, I was face planning in the corner because I was like tired. I'd had enough, too much contact, had nothing left to say. Yeah. Yeah. I was not looking for trouble. I just wanted to go home. I was the person that just wanted to go home and be in bed. Right. 
Right. You know, I think that before, before I really reclaimed my introvertedness, I remember feeling like I was always acting like, oh, if I say this, you know, they're going to like me. Mm -hmm. But what got me there faster was drinking. So Mm -hmm. in my 20s, I used to go out a lot and every single time alcohol was involved. So that was my way of saying, as soon as I have a drink, you know, the inhibitions come down and I'm the funny person. And I did that for so long. And then I got tired of it. I'm like, I don't even know these people. Why am I trying to entertain them? (laughs) Who are they? (laughs) Who are they? And why is it so important for me to be accepted by these people that I just met at a random bar? And so that has a lot more to do with a lot of other things. But my point is, is that once I stopped doing that and really got okay with I could literally sit here and not talk to anyone all night and be absolutely happy without a drink. And I genuinely have a good time. (laughs) I bet you do. Because that is how I started being like when I was going to to my partner's shows. At this point, I mean, he's always just respected the thoughts the way I am. But at this point, everyone in in that community just knows like, Millie's just a little quieter. And every once in a while, she mm-hmm. like, you know, she gets like the spark and she'll be like a little social butterfly. But other than that, for the most part, I'm just really quiet because it's exhausting. It's there's this feeling of it's already exhausting because there are already so many people here. And that has nothing to do yeah. with the people with who they are as people. It's just it's exhausting to be around that much energy, like physically draining. Well, this is a good point because extroverts they feed off the energy of other people, meaning that they get energy from being around a lot of people Mm -hmm. where introverts get energy from going inside and going in quiet. Mm -hmm. So I get depleted if I'm around too many people and I need to go in quiet to revive and restore myself Mm -hmm. where I remember watching my son. I don't know what happened. He was like, maybe he was like eight or nine and it was a week they're homeschooled and like somebody had been sick and I couldn't get him to meet with his friends and he didn't have any connection. And it was like a week of no contact with other kids. And he started getting blue. And I was like, wow. Wow. I'm like, this is perfect. Right. Right. (laughs) I'm like, this is great. But I watched him. And so what I really realized is that, you know, I mean, I already knew this, but just watching it happen that extroverts can get blue, but can get a little down Mm -hmm. if they're not getting that energy from contact and connection. And so I think it's important to like ask yourself and there is a mix of, I think she calls it in this book, ambiverts. Mm -hmm. It's not just so black or white that there's a gray area, Mm -hmm. but paying attention to like how you feel. Like I notice I love teaching in my classes Mm -hmm. and it feels good. But about two hours later, that's all I got. And I have to go in again so I can be ready for the next thing, you know? And so notice like, where do you get energy from and where do you lose it? One of the things I've noticed with my clients is that, you know, when when they reclaim that part of themselves, they actually start socializing more than they did before. They actually start relating more and speaking out more than they did before. Because Mm. again, just do you think? Because I think that there's a sense of safety that they feel in being who they are. I think that the main thing that they reclaim is the power of choice. You Mm. realize I get to choose whether I want to, you know, be involved in the situation or not. And I'm okay either way. 
And I think that that's the key right there. I think that that's that switch. Something clicks when it's like, oh, it's not bad, right? And it's okay for me to choose when to turn it on and not. Because I think that a lot of introverts are great conversationalists, but they do need to feel... One, they need to feel like it. I think there's so much about that that is so important. If you don't feel like it, that's okay. That's your system, your body telling you something. And if you feel like it, then that's your system, body telling you something as well. And I think that once an introvert is just okay with that, their own sense of safety and centeredness within themselves allows them to then open up a little bit more to people in a way that they may not have. And that's incredible. Mm -hmm. That's empowering. I think because there's a lot of intention that goes into that. I I think it's so important for us when we embrace who we are, who we Mm -hmm. authentically are, it is empowering. And we do have more energy to go after the things we want. It's just instead of feeling so bogged down by shame or guilt, I know I feel guilt a lot when I'm not, you know, I I try not to feel it anymore. But when I don't have any energy to go out, sometimes I do feel guilty. Mm -hmm. But when we just embrace it, it frees us of all that shame or guilt. And then we have energy to do other things because we're not apologizing. Mm -hmm. I have a question for you. Because yeah. I'm struggling with this, you know, as far as like, you know, we were going to, we're talking about, I started off talking about business. And so we both have our own businesses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was just thinking the other day, Instagram, for example, because it's the only social media platform I'm on, it doesn't honor introversion. It doesn't mm-hmm. honor authenticity. It doesn't honor integrity <laughs> because you have to stay constant. Mm-hmm. In order to be relevant, you have to be constantly doing that. I'm not saying people that are on there are out of integrity or out of alignment. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it doesn't honor that way of being. Yeah. And I have to admit, it's, it's this constant tension within me. Mm-hmm. So I was curious, like how, and I thought it might be important to share because I know there are plenty of people who listen that have their own businesses and they're not extroverts. And they have to right. do this too, because we have this free marketing platform and right. we're marketing ourselves. I mean, what I've talked about it when I started this business, it was word of mouth, you know? So I'm really curious. We don't have, and there might be one out there, a social media platform that honors that integrity and honors oh. the introversion and honor and values. I'm not a computer person, but I think we should have a social media Idea. platform that isn't based Idea. on how often you show up. <laughs> I, I'm trained Quality over it. quantity. By recording it in this podcast, that is Ashley's idea. TM, TM, TM. That's it. <laughs> Have you seen The Office where everything he said? Do you watch The Office? I do. Ever? Yeah. Yes. And Michael, you know, I can't remember what he said, but he's like, TM, TM, TM. Yeah. He's always thinking something he says that's important is trademark. Yeah. So I'm saying TM, TM. Exactly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, we need an intuitive, honest social media platform that honors integrity and introversion. But what? how do you handle it? You know, for a long time, that was a really big struggle. It was a really big struggle. And not to say that it isn't anymore, but it doesn't have a hold on me the way it used to. Several things had to happen. A lot of things had to happen. First, a lot of work had to happen inside of me before getting to a space where I am now, where I really feel like, I'll do it if I want and I won't do it if I don't. And it took a long time to get okay with that. The reason that I cannot possibly produce content on a daily basis and document my life, I don't have that kind of bandwidth 
and I have tried and it's depleting. Like it's just Mm. not, it doesn't work. And for a long time, I thought, oh my God, is there something wrong with me? Is my business going to fail? Am I like not showing up? Am I being lazy? Are these just limiting thought belief systems? All of the things, right? Mm. And what ended up happening, what really, really helped was doing, and I've talked about this in a few episodes, but was doing that nervous system healing work. Her name is Anna Kinkella. Anna is just, she's a gift to this world. This nervous system healing work was around connecting, first of all, regulating your nervous system enough to sustain everything that comes with having a business while honoring your natural flow and function. It gets to be easeful. It doesn't have to be forceful, right? So it was through the regulation of my nervous system with with working with her for a year that I got okay with, okay, so if I don't have the bandwidth or the capacity to post all of the time, one, from a business perspective, is there something that I can create that I can just kind of like share with my community to know that I'm here where I don't have to show my face all the time? And two, when I do show my face because I have something to say, that it's impactful and powerful because I'm recharged because it's something that's really coming from an intuitive space and not just coming from I'm on here today because I have to show my face and say something that's not being of service to anyone. And then I've had other coaches. I had another coach prior to her, which was like, you have to post all the time, three times a day. And And it was like, I tried that. And it was like, that's not me. That's not me. And so really, my journey has been of what can I what genuinely feels intuitive while also understanding, okay, this is a tool, it is a business. So how do I have something? How can I create something where I don't deplete myself that I can share where I don't have to show my face if that's not where I'm at on that day? So it's, it is this balance, right? Because so much of what we talk about is about considering the reality of being human and, and, and this reality that we live in and the fact that Instagram runs on an algorithm and that blah, blah, blah. And at the same time, also remembering whomever is meant to work with you is going to work mm-hmm. with you. And that is always something that just grounds me more than anything else. I don't have to search or rush for anything. I do have to put myself out there so that the people that I am meant to work with see me, find me. But it's Mm -hmm. not something that I have to like meet a goal. I need this many clients this month. And I don't think that that's the way this work is meant to work. It goes back to one of the things we've talked about, I think, early on in this podcast is that, you know, spirit is my employer. You know, I really trust, like you said, that who's meant to work with me will work for me. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've really noticed that the connections I receive, they come from the oddest places, you know? Mm-hmm. I think half my followers came because I posted a reel from the blind horse that I spend all this time with. I mean, I couldn't believe just this, this simple reel right. got all these followers. And my business isn't suffering, you know, my classes aren't suffering, but I... I guess what I'm saying, I really have to lean back and trusting that spirit is my employer. Who is for me will come to me. I will connect to the right people. I will be of service to the right people. And all I can do is show up in integrity and restore myself and be in alignment and really do the things that bring me joy and share when I feel like it's right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think we have to end up falling back on, especially for, you know, I think we all could, but for us introverts who are not rewarded for being introverts in this business marketing aid. 
Right. And, and look, there are moments where I get like these, these, I don't know, surges of inspiration. And I just, I'm on there every day and I'm sharing, but I'm honoring the surge of inspiration that's coming through me. Yeah. Because on the flip side, when that surge of inspiration isn't inspired, then I have come to find that it also has its own detrimental consequences. Yeah. So I feel that there's so much around aligned action and inspiration Mm -hmm. that isn't spoken about when it comes to introverts and extroverts. And maybe, maybe we're going to... Well, this is funny because I recently found, you know, someone online, someone on Instagram who her whole... Instagram is, this is the life of an introvert. Mm. (laughs) And I thought that is so interesting. And she just shares like her Friday nights and her very slow Saturdays and like a day in the life of, you know, of a nine to five introvert. And I'm like, oh my God, that is so interesting. And she has a massive following. But to your point, there is a, um, I think there's a need to be filled there. Well, I think, you know, if we just summarize what we've come to around this topic of introversion and extroversion, especially just as whatever group you stand in, knowing that it's not so black or white and it's gray, the important is that you embrace who you are. You embrace how you move through the world. You embrace where you get your energy from, you know, and if you're an extrovert, understand that you're not too much, that there's a place for you. And if you're an introvert, understand that you're not, it's not true that you're not enough or you have something to be ashamed of. And if you're shy, that's okay too. And that there are places that will actually appreciate your quiet thoughtfulness. And there are places that extroverts will really be appreciated. But since introversion has gotten such a bad rap, I think what we really want to share and encourage is that you embrace who you are, that you honor it. And then the more you honor it, the more you'll have energy or inspiration to do other things, that you will find more peace within yourself. If you stopped resisting what's natural to you, you'll find your own flow. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Beautifully said. Yes. Yeah. We do still have a few spots for our retreat. Ooh. We're claiming Audacity in Costa Rica. Yeah. yeah. June 3rd through the 10th. You can find it. There's a link I know on my Instagram page and I believe on Millie's as well. And also I've created an event called Soul Circle that Millie is a part of. We are intuitives offering readings to the public short readings in a group atmosphere. It's usually a two-hour event, but these are going to be going on regularly. So you can check my very quiet Instagram page for when I will be releasing information on those. But we should have one either in May, but definitely in June. Yeah. 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 And just so you all know, for the retreat, there are only three rooms left. Hop on those because they will go And in terms of of Soul Circle, that was so much fun to get to connect Mm -hmm. with with different people. For me personally, to do just an intuitive reading without the the astrological chart was was a really beautiful experience. So if you're interested, please look out for for the sharing and the marketing because it's it's coming. Yeah, or you can reach out and message me. Um, I'll be happy to give you the info, but it's 10 intuitives and they're usually limited spots available, but we'll be having another one soon. So I hope to see you there. Yeah, great. Thank you, Millie. Thank you. Bye. Okay, see y'all soon. Talk to y'all soon. Bye.